0: He has spoken on the topics of faith, family and freedom in Cuba, Belgium, Brazil, Congo, UK. and all over the USA to crowds from 14 to 40,000. Please help me welcome J. Lauren Norris.: Well, it's a good thing that it's early because the early bird gets the worm. What if I don't like worms? Well, the rich get richer and the poor go broke, and it's the richest fault. And you know, all that privilege that the the, the elites have or or the whites have or the the, uh, there's so many there's so many opportunities that you'll just never have, or you were born on the wrong side of the tracks, you just need to get used to that. What do all of these phrases have in common? They're narratives. And similar to stereotypes, at some point or other, they had a reflection of the life going on around us and maybe even some indication of our current reality as we know it. But just remember this when it comes to narratives. As my friend Paul Martinelli says, the Wright brothers had no pilot's license. Let that one sink in for a minute. That's what we're going to talk about today on Leading Leaders. Why and how do leaders lead the narrative? Subscribe now for our extensive video library of leadership lessons promoting faith, family, and freedom. I'm Jay Lauren Norris with Leading Leaders Podcast. And if you've been the victim, if you will, of these stories, these narratives, these phrases, this conversation that always tends to put you in your place maybe you've even heard someone straight up say that's not your place. You don't have the right to talk about that. That's none of your business. And we see it on a regular basis usually in the media and most commonly in the world of politics we see people who have maybe had their voice completely silenced by various means, whether it's means of technology and the big tech companies silencing them, or it's the media simply saying, you can't talk about that. You don't have the right to talk about it. I have personally been told face-to-face by leaders in various communities, that's not your place to talk about it. You have the wrong skin color. You have the wrong religious background. You have the wrong whatever. Because you don't meet my qualifications, your voice doesn't count. Let me tell you something right now. If you're a leader in a community, you have a responsibility, an obligation to lead the narrative in that community. And part of what it means to lead the narrative in your community is to make sure that you are paying attention to the phrases that are being said to and about the people that you lead. Trust me, there's someone somewhere feeding a line of nonsense to the people that you lead. And it's your job. It's your responsibility as the leader to ensure that what they're hearing is grounded in truth, that it's factual, and that it's real. Now, when I say leading in a community, that may be parents at home. That may be the leader of a small church or a small business. It may be, again, a a political role as a, I don't know, a mayor, a dog catcher a uh, city councilman, school board, it might be a larger role in politics, it might be a multinational corporation. But as the leader, part of your role is what in corporate America we would call internal communication. That internal communication helps to solidify the identity of the organization. If you hear Marines, they have their little chants that they run while they walk or while they are doing marches. Each of the branches of the military have their own. And if you were to listen to them distinctly from each other, the kind of chants you hear from army soldiers on their march versus Marines versus SEAL teams versus Air Force are entirely different. The kinds of lingo, the things they talk about, the level of emphasis and what that emphasis is on, it's completely different. They're all doing the same thing. It's all physical exercise or pt physical training as we would have called it back in the day but during that pt that march that jog that climb that whatever it is that they're doing the chants are solidifying an identity of who they are that's the common conversation maybe you've been in a workplace where they have the big posters up the motivational posters and they have a picture of someone climbing a hill or riding a bicycle through the mountains or uh, swimming a decathlon and then a quote A famous quote. There's a particular Chicken Express that I go to in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, and in the men's room, right above the toilet, for whatever reason, is a John Maxwell quote that says, leaders know the way, go the way, and show the way. Well, it's a great quote. It's in almost every one of John Maxwell's books. Trust me, I have a few of them. But that quote being so prevalent in a place where every employee and every customer sees leaders know the way, show the way, and go the way, is an emphasis of the narrative that the managers and owners of that establishment want you to perceive they live by. Now, maybe some do to a better extent than others, but when those things are being said on a regular basis, if you go to a Chick-fil-A restaurant, it's my pleasure, it's part of their lingo, Part of the narrative. But here's something unique that happens when those phrases, those ideas, those chants, those practices are repeated consistently. They become believed. Isn't that bizarre? See, whether the story is a negative one, it's that outside berating of who you are and how much you're going to fail and, and what life is going to be like because you're so miserable and, and it's none of your business and stay out of this conversation. And, you know, you might have seen some of the, the talk of, well, that's just the women folk. Just just let them have their bit. You know there, There's a movie out right now, if you haven't seen it yet, called uh, Don't Worry, Darling. It has some very unique uh, looks at hegemony. I challenge you to watch it. It'll change the way you think about certain relationships and interactions. But the idea that certain people get kind of marginalized and pushed to the edge is demonstrated in the phraseology of those in leadership. Yep. Racism is demonstrated in phraseology long before it's demonstrated in action. But there's an ancient saying that says, from the depths of a person's heart, that's what's going to come out of their mouth. The way I teach my coaching clients is to say, you'll never, ever, 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 never, ever, did I say never? Never squeeze a pineapple hard enough to get ketchup out of it. It's not in there. It's not in there. But here's what I do know. When I put you under pressure, When I put you in front of a camera, when I put you on a platform with a mic in your hand, when I put you in front of a crowd of people, what's in you, that's what's coming out. When you're under pressure, you're going to get squeezed. And when you get squeezed, what's in you seeps out. That's when you begin to hear the narrative people are repeating in their head. That's when you begin to hear the things that they truly believe that they've been too polite to say before. Make them angry. Kick them under the table see how they respond that response is a truer indication of what they believe in their heart and who they are in their head than all the words that they've been able to fancifully assemble prior to that what happens though when those motivational posters become the repeated language of the conversation in your team Well, your team changes your team changes so why does a leader lead the narrative well, because we need that conversational structure. We need that open dialogue. We need that emotional response face-to-face to hear someone else say those words that we've been seeing on the poster. To begin to know the way. We see the posters. We read the quotes. They kind of begin to seep into our psyche. And then they show the way. They actually demonstrate to others. Here's what happens when you begin to follow these ideas, these principles, when you execute the way that it's intended to be, and then they go the way. They don't just talk about it Oh, they figured it out and they demonstrate it to others, but they actually do it, meaning leaders who are leading the narrative are also doing the work themselves of changing their own mind, changing their opinions about things, challenging the way they have believed all of their life and asking the question, is that idea serving me well? Am I telling myself a story that's destructive? But then good leaders go one step further. I think a good leader doesn't just tell better stories to their employees. They don't just create the motivational posters and put the things on the wall and say, you know, aim for the stars. At least if you miss, you'll land among the moon. Wait, is that a, stars, moon? I, one of them's further away than the other one, isn't it? If you aim for the moon and fall among the stars, you missed. See, we, we can't get caught up in the details of, of that, right? We just need to you know, fake it until you make it. Just rah, 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 rah. No, no. See, a, a leader understands that it's not just the motivational posters. It's not just the things that you say that sound like fluffy puff up. That's not what we're talking about. What we're talking about as a leader who genuinely believes and lives out the things that they believe and the things that they say they believe. And then the next step is they listen for the conversations of those that they lead. They listen to the stories that people are telling, the turns of phrases that roll off their tongue on a regular basis. And it's one thing to quote somebody else and think, well, that was a really bad idea. I can't believe I just quoted that person. I don't even agree with what they said. I just saw it on a meme. It's another thing to realize that that phrase consistently comes from that individual. Now, I've got a whole program called Attitude Hack that breaks down some really common phrases that you hear in the workplace. I believe there's 15 negative ones and 10 positive ones. And it identifies from the phrase the kind of attitude that's driven behind it. A good leader listens for those stories, listens for those phrases, and then begins the process of replacing them. I heard you say the other day, you know, the rich get richer and the poor go broke. What makes you think it's the rich's fault that the broker broke? Do they mug them? Do they take their money away? Are we talking like reverse Robin Hood? I mean, how do the rich make the poor more broke? And the minute you start that conversation, the logic begins to fall apart. Oh yeah, I believed it for decades myself, that the rich only get richer by stealing from the poor. Doesn't seem to be the indication. What seems to be the indication, and trust me, I'm not, I'm not rich, I'm, I'm not uber wealthy, I'm not a multi-billionaire. I have a 20-year-old truck sitting in the driveway. That's what I drive every day, 20-year-old truck. I'm not talking from the standpoint of being uber wealthy and defending myself. I'm talking about observing the strategies of those who have gained wealth and maintained their wealth. And here's what I see most commonly. They figured out how to play the game Yeah, the tax codes and interest and how to invest money and what to invest it in now because the season is changing. Six months ago, if you were able to buy a bunch of real estate in the last year, that six months to a year curve, you've seen a whole lot of growth in your net worth by buying real estate. If you do the same thing over the next six months, you're going to lose your shirt. If you're not buying with the right strategy, it's going to cost you. Well, how do you know that you got to observe the people who are playing the game and winning? Why do you think sports teams watch tape? They watch the tape because the tape that's playing in your head and what's actually happening on the field are two totally different things. Tennis players study better tennis players. Football players study winning teams or the newest opponent. Wrestlers, boxers, MMA, billiards, ping pong, it doesn't matter. You need to know your opponent and what they're thinking and what their strategies are so that you can stay ahead of them. That's what it means when it says the rich get rich and the poor go broke. It's because the mindset of those who study the game rather than playing the blame game is entirely different. A good leader recognizes the stories that people are telling inside their head and how it's impacting the quality of their life and the quality of their relationships. And a good leader begins to plant, converse, know the way, show the way, go the way, demonstrate better stories until those stories begin to get inside you and those stories that get inside you begin to impact the way that you behave and the relationships that you have. That is a significant difference and leaders who don't lead the narrative in their organization will find that outsiders will intentionally or otherwise there will be conversations and narratives that will seep into your organization and change the way people think not just for themselves but the way they think about you the way they think about your organization can you imagine an employee who five six seven months into working at chick-fil-a refuses to use the phrase it's my pleasure And worse yet, doesn't demonstrate the attitude that I genuinely want to serve you. How long do you think they would be an employee there? Well, not long at all, because if they're not going to be a part of a team that genuinely wants to serve the customer, it's not a good fit for them. They don't have to change to be a person they're not, but if they can improve to be a better person who they are, that's an advantage. There are a lot of people who've gone on from jobs at Chick-fil-A and the like and built incredible careers because they changed their mindset, because they changed their attitude about themselves and their customer, because they changed the way they see themselves and the story they tell themselves in the mirror. My life was radically changed because my wife challenged the story that I've been telling myself for almost 30 years at that point. The ideas that you hold about yourself, the story that you tell yourself in the mirror, they will change the way you interact with others. They will change the jobs you accept and the jobs you decline. They'll change what you're willing to pursue in the way of education and what you consider to be over your head or out of reach or not your style. Yeah, the stories you tell, they dictate a lot. And as a leader, the benefit to your team, for you being able to and willing to lead the narrative is enormous. There's a, a... Leadership quote, that's it's kind of odd that it fits here, but I, I want you to listen closely to this quote. Uh, the conversation happens between two executive leaders in a company. And one of them says, we need to train them to be the very best at what they do. We need to train them all to be the very best at what they do. I want to have the best team we can possibly have. And one of the other executives says, well, what if we train them and they become so good they go start a competitive company? Then what? He a better question, if we train them well and they leave, is that better than if we don't train them at all and they stay? See, as a leader, if you're selfishly determined to insist that people stay on your team, that they never grow, they never improve, and they never branch out, <clears throat> then you're a selfish leader. If, on the other hand, you genuinely look at the people you lead and say, how can I add value to you to make your life better, whether you stay here or you move on? Then you have the right, the responsibility, the why, to lead the narrative in their life, to help them improve the quality of the stories they tell themselves about themselves and about each other. And here's the benefit to you. It will intentionally and unintentionally lead to them telling better stories about your organization, about your company. Ask employees who work at Chick-fil-A. Unless they're upset about the amount of hours they work or how long they stand in the drive-through line, most of them are very delighted not only to have a job, but to have a job in a place like that. Because the story, the environment, the narrative changes the environment altogether. It changes the way they work there. It changes their motivation. So why would a leader lead the narrative? Because everybody wants to have a team that's happy to work with them. And how would the leader lead the narrative? You gotta change the stories you're telling to yourself on the motivational posters on the wall and by listening to the stories that others are telling amongst themselves, about themselves and to the world about you. I'm Jay Lauren Norris with Leading Leaders Podcast for Tell It Like It Is TV. Have a blessed day. Subscribe now our extensive video library of leadership lessons promoting faith, family, and freedom.